Who are you in difficult times? That's a tough question. I believe the body of Christ right now is being tested through difficult times. We're being challenged. And yes, I believe this word is appropriate, chastised by the times we're in. God says he corrects those whom he loves. So there's always something to learn. There's always something for us to be corrected uh, by the hand of the Lord through the times that we live in. And because he loves us, did you know he loves you? Wow. That statement alone is so overwhelming. Because he loves us, he wants everything that is not of him to be removed. And he does that so that what is left in us is usable for him. So his kingdom can be advanced so that he can redeem everything that is lost, every person, everything. If you live long enough on the earth, if you study history, you know that times are always difficult. There's never not difficult times. Gregory S. Williams said this, on the other side of a storm is the strength that comes from having navigated through it. Raise your sail and begin. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, never thought I'd quote him in a sermon, but here you're gonna get one today. And no, I, I can't do the accent, so. Uh, he said, strength does not come from winning. Your struggles develop your strengths. When you go through hardships and decide not to surrender, that is strength. And I agree. I agree with him. And Winston Churchill famously said, if you're going through hell, keep going. And Bob Riley, finally, one more to, to inspire us here. Hard times don't create heroes. It's during the hard times when the hero within us is revealed. The hero comes out when the times hit. We're all going to face difficult times. And when those times come, and we're in some now, it's important to know that we have to have something in us, inside of us, that will stand the test of time. I have recently been navigating the, the mean streets of New Jersey like all of you all, and have you noticed people are just a little touchy these days? <laughs> there's a lot to be frustrated about. Well, where there's, there's this particular intersection in downtown Times River where the lanes shift and uh, you're not supposed to turn left there. Well, I was approaching this intersection and this lady who was confused was trying to turn left. Now, I was coming towards her and she was facing me. Well, she made a turn lane out of what wasn't a turn lane. She made a turn lane out of what was about to be my lane. So there's all these people and they're starting to see that this lady is causing a problem. Well, my first instinct was, we have to, at this point, even though she's made a mistake, yield and let her make that turn. Did you know not everyone agreed with me? <laughs> it was just like a convergence of just like swarm around her and this one guy who was coming on the left. It was one of the nicer days, so I happened to have my windows down and I heard him say very not nice things to her. 
he made it a point to call her out as though it was his public platform to tell us all that how stupid she was and he used some other colorful language I don't want to use. And I really, that was such a picture to me that, wow, when we're in difficult times, what comes out? Does, does humility and, and grace and mercy and there's a way we can all get through this come out or does it, you're wrong, I'm going to steamroll over you and just figure it out on your own. I'm glad that it all worked out. I think as I drove by, she made the left turn. So I was thinking about that. What's in us comes out in these difficult times. We have this uh, water filter system at home. It's called a Berkey. If you can afford one, get one. It makes your water really clean. It's charcoal filter. But it's got a top tank with these filters and then a bottom tank. So you pour the water in the top and it slowly gets filtered through. So it's super fresh, healthy, no chemicals and stuff in there. But don't you know in our house, we're always going up to the tap and it's like, wait a minute, didn't I just fill this thing yesterday? Doesn't it seem like that, Christine? We fill that to the brim, but we're always drinking from it. Do you know if we don't put water in there, we get nothing out. We can't be refreshed. So it takes an activity of putting in, replenishing that. And, and you're probably like me in that you think you just did something yesterday. Didn't I just brush my teeth yesterday? <laughs> Didn't I just, you know, all those regular things, you're like, time goes by. You might have had an experience like I had in traffic. You might have been the one who, when the pressure hit, something came out you didn't like. Maybe you blew up at your kids. Maybe you lost your composure with a coworker. Or, like many of us right now, you just feel very stressed out by the times that you're in and, and possibly overwhelmed. I want to encourage you today. There's nothing that you can do to face these times. It isn't in your own ability or your own strength. But hear this, we, together, we should always face difficulties in light of the encouragement, the exhortation, the enlightenment, and empowerment that comes from God's Word. And not just God's Word, but God's Word illuminated by the Holy Spirit. And what He does is He reveals that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, it isn't just one piece of that statement. They all have to be there for it to be true. As much as we think we know Scripture, we, we are exposed to a lot of it, we know a lot of it. As much as we think we know what to do in a traffic situation or in a volatile conflict situation, the truth is, more than likely, we aren't practicing the daily disciplines that prepare us for those situations. We're probably not putting the right things inside of us that will equip us to face these times. And I want to invite you and re-challenge you today to start again filling that water tank up. Be ready for the hero to come out, the hero of heaven to come out through you. So here's a great question according to our ser sermon title. If you're not of this world, then who in the world are you? See, if you're not of this world, but you're in this world, who in the world are you? I want to just take four words that we can kind of connect to God's word, and, and they overlap a little bit, um, 
But here's the four words, and if you're taking notes on the fill-ins, it'll be those first four bullet points. You can write them in any space that you want. But we need to be, in difficult times, we need to be encouraged. Encouraged. Let courage be placed inside you so that courage can come out of you. We need to be, in difficult times, exhorted. You might not know what that word is. It's a kind of a fancy word. It just means challenged, called to step up to a higher place. It's not a light thing. It's a strong thing. Enlightened. And by that, I don't mean human enlightenment because we can't be enlightened apart from the Holy Spirit. I, I mean revelation from the Holy Spirit. So we need to be enlightened. God's word has to be illuminated. Otherwise, it can do horrible things in the hands of evil men. And finally, we need to be empowered. It's great to know stuff. It's great to have this revelation of of things. But if you don't have the power to carry it out, if you don't have something supernatural, super on our natural to live day to day, it's all going to be kind of lifeless. So encouraged. I'm going to hit one in the encouragement. Find encouragement from God's word. Be encouraged with this today. His power shines bright through us especially in difficult times. And for such a time as this, 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen containers so that the extraordinary greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. This is our current situation. Verse 8, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Make that your confession. Perplexed, perhaps confused, but not despairing. Persecuted, absolutely, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying around in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. I am encouraged by that. And I pray that puts courage in you today. We need to allow God's word to exhort us. I tried to say this a second ago. I'm going to say it again. To exhort is to convey an urgency to do something important. This is really important. It's a strong statement. It isn't a subtle reminder or a polite request. We should find it challenging. So be exhorted by this. In spite of difficult times, we are charged to abound in the work of the Lord. I'm being honest, there's days I don't feel like working (laughs) and certainly not abounding. I'm doing good just to roll out. Say what day it is, what day is it, where am I, what am I supposed to do, you know? But we got to shake that off and say, no, no, God has work for us to do. He has a work of the Spirit to do in the last days and Jesus is coming soon. I expect him to come in any moment in the twinkling of an eye. But until then... I'm charged to abound in the work of the Lord. We, we need to know what God's word says so that we're equipped and ready to do the work of the Lord. Always, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And what's encouraging is the last part of that verse says, knowing that your toil is not in vain. As long as it's in the Lord. Whatever you work at, if it's not in the Lord, it's in vain. See, the opposite of there holds true. So make sure you're working in the Lord. Otherwise, it's worthless. I believe this. 
Our greatest difficulties come from the enemy's devices, the enemy of our soul. Satan, the evil one, the deceiver, the angel, angel of light, he tries to get us to fight on his terms. And as soon as you do, you will lose. He wants us to fight with weapons of this world. He wants us to use our rational mind. There are things in God's word and by the spirit your mind is not going to get. You better just accept that. He wants us to use human wisdom. He wants us to fight in the natural. He wants us to put political things over the eternal truths of God's word. He wants us to wrestle with social economical issues rather than let what's in us address those. He wants us to battle one another. He wants us to be confused, distracted, and left defeated. The enemy's game is division, and he wants to do it in the church. And it's an indictment when he succeeds at that because it's, it's on us. We cannot allow him to. Remember, our fight is not with one another. It's against him. We don't want to be sidetracked by him. We don't want to pay attention to his games. We don't want to be kept from pressing in to abounding in the work of the Lord. The work isn't in vain. Even if you can't see the end from the beginning, Jesus is the only one that sees the end from the beginning. I've seen so many people quit because they just couldn't see the end. I've done it myself. And the Lord is re-encouraging uh, us and asking us today, look, you don't worry about the end. I've got the end. In, in the end, we win, right? So you stay in there. Stay in the fight and stay the course. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to bring revelation, not just rote memorization of head knowledge. We're not just a bunch of robots. You're not just training people to repeat things. It has to come alive on the inside. It has to, you have to believe that the word of God's promises are true. The word of God is alive and powerful. It's living, it's active on your behalf today. Don't let it become lifeless. They're living truths and they will come to pass. It don't matter if 100 people around me don't see the manifestation of the truth of God's word. I still believe it's true. Till my dying breath, I will believe it's true. Because there are some things we just don't know and we don't comprehend and we can't understand, but I'm not going to let those take my faith from me. We need to be enlightened by these truth, truths today. We are more than conquerors through Christ. Romans 8, 37, but in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. I like that version. It's an overwhelming victory. It's an all-out defeat. It's an all-out win for us. In Christ, we are overcomers. Did you know you're not an overcomer unless you have something to overcome? It sounds simple. But because there is resistance, because there are challenges, because there are problems, he's made you an overcomer. And you'll be stronger as a result. Revelation 12, 11, And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. When you come to the place where you say, it doesn't matter, take my life. I will declare and live for Jesus Christ, to the glory of God the Father, and Him alone. Only then is that testimony true for you. The blood of the Lamb only works if you say, Jesus, you gave your life, and I give you mine. 
I surrender my life. Thank you. Amen. That's right. 1 John 5, 4, for whoever has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. It's our faith that we bring to receive the free gift of salvation. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you after service to come down and pray with someone. You have to realize you're a hopeless sinner lost in your sin, and it's only because the love of God who sent his son to die for us He paid the ultimate sacrifice. There had to be a penalty paid for sin, for your sin. And it's not just, oh, I like that, I believe that. It's I believe that in my heart and I confess out of my mouth. He said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. So make that confession out of your heart today and receive salvation at the end of service. We will pray with you to take that step. John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. It's bizarre to wrap your heads around. Lord, you left and went to heaven. You gave us your spirit. We're still in this world. You're not getting out of it unless you die and go to heaven. So now we're in this world. Satan temporarily has the realm of this earth realm. So we're here in this battle, and the only way to face it is to know that in Christ, we have the victory. In Christ, we have the peace that passes all understanding. We have overcome because he has overcome the world. We are strong in the Lord. Say, I'm strong. In the Lord. In the power of his might. For every opposition, every difficulty, we have a weapon. Don't ever forget that. You might not realize this, but you're dressed for battle today. We have the gospel, the good news of Christ. We have faith. We have prayer in the Spirit. Hopefully we know the truth or we're at least growing in the revelation of the truth. And the truth is setting us free. We have the Word of God and our mind is the mind of Christ but we are safe in the assurance of our salvation. Ephesians 6, verses 10. I want you to hear this like it's the very first time you heard this, and I want you to come awake to the battle that you're in. And if you've been passive, I want you to re-engage into being an active warrior for the cause of Christ and for the gospel. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God, so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. I alluded to this earlier. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist on the evil day, and having done everything to stand firm, stand Firm, therefore, having belted your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having strapped on your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Not one single arrow from the enemy can penetrate your shield of faith and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We're dressed for battle, church. We have the armor. If you will walk in it, 
if you will believe in it, if you will declare it. And then verse 18 through 20, this is the activator of the armor of God. In fact, it's part of putting on the armor. With every prayer and request, pray at sometimes if you feel up to it. Pray on occasion. Pray when the pastor says pray. Pray at all times in the what? Spirit. Pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be alert with all perseverance and every request for all the saints. Don't stop praying for the church, please. And pray in my behalf, Paul says, but this is for one another now, that speech may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Sometimes the world might feel like a big heavy chain on you. You might feel imprisoned to the, to the collective zeitgeist of today or whatever it is, but you speak anyway and pray for boldness to speak and pray in the spirit at all times. Hello, somebody. Amen. Are you here today? We are in relationship, if you didn't know it, with an exceeding, abundant, more than we could ever ask kind of God. That's our God. That's the kind of God he is. Exceeding, abundant, more than we could ever ask kind of God. What are you asking God for? It, whatever it is, it's not big enough. As long as it pertains to his kingdom. We don't need more stuff. We don't need more comforts. We need his kingdom to be advanced. Ask him big things. Ask him to wreck the entire population of Ocean County for his presence, for his power. Ask him to create such a hunger for revival in this region that we can't hold everyone in this building. Every church in this region can't hold the people that are coming, that are hungry and thirsty for the truth, the real deal, not a fake gospel. The full gospel, the full rightly divided word of truth. Are you praying those big things? Are you believing God to see those? Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. There he goes again reminding us that the Holy Spirit is within us to accomplish the things that we're asking. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I think we're in the generation that's going to see the coming of the Lord. This is the generation to all generations. We are armed with undefeatable weapons. We are armed with undefeatable weapons. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage battle according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying arguments and all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Do not underestimate the power of prayer. Do not underestimate your stance and your position when you come before the throne of grace and ask and declare the word of God. Because it says right here that you're going to destroy every argument, every stronghold, every fortress that has been flimsily put together 
to try to come against the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ in this day. I know um, that a lot of you are watching the media, and I would just caution you. It's okay to, to be current on the times, but before you know it, it starts influencing your ability to think clearly like the Word of God would have you think. Before you know it, it starts eroding your courage and your faith. Uh, there's even so much nonsense that uh, we begin to buy in uh, to talking points that aren't scriptural at all. So, so keep the Word first. Get in your prayer closet. Amen. Yeah. Just, just stay full of prayer, full of power. You're not going to miss anything. You're not going to miss anything if you turn the news off. It just, it's just the truth. The TV could be off. Your phone probably should be off. Don't you think God's big enough? Help me, Lord. There are more who are for us than those who are against us. Same truth. The host of heaven, I want to remind you, every saint who has ever lived, all the martyrs, picture that, multiplied millions and millions probably by now. The Savior of the world, Jesus himself, our author, our mediator, our commander and king, the lion of the tribe of Judah has given us the victory. And he's coming again soon to call us to reign with him in victory forever. All of that, all of those are with us. They're on our side. They're on our team. If God is for us, what difference does it make? Who's against us? 2 Kings 6.16, and this should be your prayer, Lord, I don't see it. Open my eyes so that I can see it. He said to him, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are greater than those who are with them. We have the Holy Spirit of God. What does the Holy Spirit do? He comforts. He helps. He manifests himself through his gifts given to us, the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And there is a Holy Spirit gift to meet every opposition of the enemy. And there is a Holy Spirit gift to address every unredeemed person. Did you know that? People will come into the midst where the, where the Holy Spirit is moving. And you've probably heard the phrase, read their mail. He knows. He just looks to the heart of someone. So don't judge what you think might or might not go, be going on. You never know how he's dealing with the hearts of people. You just let him do that work. And you'll hear the testimony later. But we don't want to discourage him from moving, right? Because we're concerned. God's in control. Thank you, Monica, for sharing that in both first and second service. Um, and thank you for the words that came that... that came through us as yielded vessels today, right on the money, right on time, and what we need to hear. Praise God. Praise God. So I'm, I'm going to move towards kind of the, the big truth of this whole sermon today, and that is to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We have access to the Holy Spirit and His gifts. It is a treasure trove. It is an undiscovered untapped potential in the church today. And I'm going to read through these, and we need to hear them. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, same Holy Spirit, does a lot of cool stuff. And there are varieties of ministries, and the same Lord. 
There are varieties of effects. But the same God who works all things in all persons. The same God who works all things in all persons. All kinds of different stuff happens, but he wants it to do it through you and you and you and you. It's not a special dispensation for one person. It's for us all, and every gift is for everyone. Every gift is for everyone. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. I receive it, Lord, for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. I thank you that I have the word of wisdom through the Holy Spirit. I thank you that this church has the word of wisdom through the Holy Spirit. And to another, the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith. We need more faith. We need more gifts of faith. Stuff would start changing if we had the gift of faith exploding on the scene by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. How many of you need healing today? Receive the gift of healing. Come forward afterwards and receive prayer. Be healed by the one spirit and to another the effecting of miracles. God, we want to see miracles, signs, and wonders. We want to see the supernatural. To another prophecy, to another the distinguishing of spirits. Give us discernment, Holy Spirit. To another various kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. He has a gift for you. Receive it. He has a gift for you. Flow in it. Operate in it. At the gas station, at the grocery store, at your in-laws in this room, in the lobby. You don't need a microphone to prophesy. You need someone who needs the Holy Spirit right then. Amen. You know, you, need, you know who you need to prophesy to? Yourself. Every day. Speak to the manifest destiny God has for you. Speak it over you. Over your children. The gifts of the Spirit have been given to the body to do the work of the ministry it's the work of the ministry that we need to do to abound in the, in, in the work of the Lord and to stand against any and all difficulties. For every challenge, there's a gift of the Holy Spirit that meets that challenge. I want to I challenge you. You have a problem in your life, something, something went awry, something went wrong, you got a child not serving the Lord, say, Holy Spirit, what gift do you, do you want me to use to minister right now to this situation? Sometimes the gift gets high, highlighted in individuals, and I love it. There seems to be anointings, and, and that's fine. But we don't sit back idly and say, well, we'll let the person who has that special gift do the work. We say, we're going to do it. John seven thirty seven verse 38. Now, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, I love that he stood up and cried out. Don't skip past that. This is like an agonizing big, big deal. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. If you have the notes, you have a picture on here. I'm going to get to that in just a second, but you'll see the water waves there. I want to talk about the water for a second. Did you know just like God drowned and wiped out the entire Egyptian army, the enemies of his chosen people in the Red Sea, that the flood waters of the Holy Spirit will come in and destroy the power of sin in your life. Destroy the stronghold that the enemy has tried to bring in your life. Destroy that sin that keeps easily besetting you. 
when we allow those waters to flood and come in, and I love that we sang about the waters today, you'll be able to say no to sin more and yes to God more. Do you want that? I hope you are. I hope you're thirsty for that. Because if you just get born again and you never take that next step or it doesn't happen simultaneously, which we love when it does, and you don't get filled with the Holy Spirit and pray out in your heavenly prayer language, you're missing all that power that the Lord wants for you. Flowing water is a source of life and renewal. Stagnant water is death and decay. We flourish as believers when the Holy Spirit waters are flowing through us. When we're planted like a tree by rivers of living waters. Just like the waters of baptism, and we love to baptize people, and our lists are not getting long enough. I'm just going to say right there. We need people to get born again and baptized and filled with the Spirit and do the work of the ministry. Born again, baptized, filled with the Spirit and do the work of the ministry. Born again, baptized, filled with the Spirit and do the work of the ministry. That is an ongoing flow of the life of the church. It's become stagnant. We need to refuel it and refire it again. Praise God. Just like Jesus walked on water in the storm, in the midst of the waters, and he calmed the raging sea. You know, God always brings order where there's confusion and chaos. And he wants the Holy Spirit to come in, and he wants to align everything the way it needs to be for his kingdom and for his glory. He will always bring order and decency. He calls us to deep waters. I was weepy during that song because I felt him again calling me out into the deep to experience his miraculous catch of souls for eternity. Amen. That's where you catch the fish. Not on the shore, not just a little ways out. It's out into the deep where it can be frightening and scary and uncertain. And the Lord says, I'm here. Let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. Let's catch some fish for the kingdom. I want you to just picture something. You may have been to... Uh, Niagara Falls, you may have been to the, the falls in South Africa, but you may, you may have just seen it on TV. But just what a roar, what a power that moving water has. And we can be in awe of that display of that power. But yet there's another step where that, that power can be harnessed and turned into energy. We know from the Hoover Dam and other places that that, that mighty water is then harnessed and channeled and it can be turned into electricity and light up an entire state. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the potential of the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to just ooh and awe over the cool thing that he is. We want to say, Lord, come now and do a work in us. So here, here's this final fill-in, and, and it's this picture you have here. I'm, gonna, I, I'm still going to read, um, let's see. I did that one, I did that one. I'm still going to read 1 Corinthians 13. But here the water is the power of the Holy Spirit. Plus, you have your little church picture there. That's the body of Christ. That's you and me. Plus the heart is the love of Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit plus the body of Christ and the church plus the love of Christ equals abounding in the work of the Lord. That's our charge today, abounding in the work of the Lord. Did you all get that? 
Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I want to read 1 Corinthians 13, and I want to remind you, this is still in there. It's still in God's Word. And isn't it just like the Lord to not just give us a free pass to do whatever we want, how we want it, but that there's also a way to do it. And the way is love. Love is the excellent way, 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak with the tongues of mankind and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions to charity, and if I surrender my body so that I, I may glory, but do not have love, it does me no good. Love is patient. The Holy Spirit moving through us in love is patient. The Holy Spirit working in his gifts as love is kind. And I am kind. Love is not jealous. The gifts of the Spirit moving in the church do not create jealousy. So love isn't jealous and I'm not jealous. I hope you're personalizing this. Love does not brag. I do not brag. Love is not arrogant. I am not arrogant. I will not be arrogant. Love does not act disgracefully. It does not seek its own benefit. Anyone else struggle with that? Help us, Lord. It is not provoked. It does not keep an account of a suffered wrong. Please, if I ask you anything today, could you somehow just put uh, a divine erase button on whatever it is right now. Uh, let the Holy Spirit deal with that. Let the blood of Jesus cover it forever. There's nothing to say that the miraculous power of God can't completely erase every offense you've ever experienced so that you never remember it. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It keeps every confidence. Lord, help us, help us to, to hold fast to the things you've entrusted us to be confident. Love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Lord, would we don't think we can, we can, can measure up to this. Thank God that we don't have to, but that you're in us both to will and do according to your good pleasure, and the Holy Spirit is making it alive for us. Verse 8, love never fails. If there's failure, it wasn't love. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away with. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away with. We've got to admit this, church, for we know in part. I, I just, I know a little bit. I know a little piece. And we prophesy in part. You don't have to be perfect. You just need to prophesy. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. 
Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. But now faith, hope, and love remain, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Let's just keep it in the forefront. Let's keep it as a reminder, keep it as a living truth. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to do you wrong. I'm sorry. I love you. I want your highest good. That's why God was telling me at the beginning of service, I'm beginning, I'm growing in my ability to see people, not by the flesh. Can we see each other through love? But can we also take a huge step forward today and say we're going to be empowered in the Spirit and we're going to abound in the work of the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit? I have some simple next steps. You may notice on this sheet, and if you don't have one, get one. There's a QR code. Please scan that into your phone. It will take you to our website. We have an entire page dedicated to the Spirit-filled life. Our amazing Word of God anointed teacher and founder who's with the Lord now, Pastor Walt, is on there teaching on Pentecost. You all need to hear that teaching if you haven't. Pastor Ralph is on that page also talking about the baptism of the Spirit. And we're going to invite everyone in this room today to come down here after service and get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, step one, accept Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. I tried to, the best that I can during this message explain that. But just give your life to Him. Come down. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, memorize 1 Corinthians 15:58, And then go to that website. Um, if you don't have a QR code and you're writing it down, it's, it's graceandpeace.org. It's just life in the Holy Spirit. And there's a little dash between every word. Life-in-the-holy-spirit. So whatever words I put in when I create the page, it just creates that long sentence there. And also, Pastor Ralph did Discovering Your Spiritual Gift Seminar recently. We video captured that. I'm in the process of editing, editing that and putting together those resources. That will soon be on that page. That's going to be a, a dynamic, powerful place for us to con continue to grow in the Spirit, to learn. Uh, there's a bunch on there about what prophecy is and what it isn't. And if you're curious and you don't understand, go and learn. And, and we're just going to watch him grow, grow us in the gifts of the Spirit and see what he will do. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything out of this today? Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close in prayer. And then please, please play something um, atmosphere, worship, so that we can do ministry here. And if you're, if you're not coming for ministry, just make your way out. You know, we can socialize out there in the outer course. But, but let's, let's continue what God did at the altar during worship. Let's get people filled with the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. Let's see him move in a mighty way. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for this word. Lord, forgive me if I, if I misspoke in any way, any part of the flesh that came through. Just let the word of God speak for itself. Let the Spirit of God do what you want to do among us. I'm excited. I look forward, God, to what you want to do and the powerful demonstration of your spirit in this church and in this region in the days and weeks ahead as you come very soon. Lord, I thank you that we're going to get on a prayer call tonight at 6, and I, and I pray that you encourage uh, every person that calls this church home to get on that prayer call so that we can pray in the power of the Holy Spirit for Ukraine and for, and for revival in the earth today. 
Just bless everyone as they go. Lord, give them everything you need in their lives today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come down, come receive ministry today.